Locked and loaded. This is Rev Psych, the mini podcast. Yeah, it's a booster sesh number five. I'm Dr. Diana. I'm Dr. Mike. Uh, no introductions needed. Psychologists. Yep. That's it. Did it. Okay. Okay. Tune in so, next week. Nope. We're going to talk about culturally bound syndromes. What, okay. do you, what do you know about this? They are bound by culture. Okay. And they're, they're diagnoses that might not show up in other places. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm like hanging on to a sneeze. I mean, I'm hanging in to a sneeze. I mean, a sneeze is hanging in me. Sorry. Okay. Just because it's a booger doesn't mean it's a sneeze. <laughs> That's what I call sneezing. No, what I do want to say really quick before I talk about cultural bound syndromes is um, we were just at the grocery store and they had really big baby mask, baby face masks, baby. They were masks. They were Halloween masks. <laughs> they, they weren't face masks for babies playing hockey. They were giant flat pictures of babies' faces that you put over your face yeah. for Halloween. Yeah. And then Mike grabs one and goes, oh, this is perfect. I've been looking for one of these for my Halloween costume. And I said, what's your, I can't even get through it. I said, I said, what's your Halloween costume? And he said, <laughs> it makes so much said, fun watching you tell the story. He said, a baby with a man-sized penis. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our episode. I said it loudly in line at the grocery store. <laughs> All right, so let's... My goal in life is for to say something so bad that they flip the light off and say <laughs> we're in different aisle. Oh, God, I'm good. I'm hoping so I'm So is that a culture bound syndrome? No. Well, it's a what do you, I have? you bound syndrome. Okay. Mike, there's a time and a place for everything. Oh, my God. My dad used to say that to me all the time. Okay. Culture bound syndromes. So they've been around... Like the first one, I think, was described in the 60s. Groovy, dude. So there's a lot of this in psychology in general. I'm not going to get too much into this now. This would actually be a good long episode about how psychology, the study of psychology is really the study of Western medicine, essentially. Not Western medicine, Western culture. Like psychology originated in like Western Europe, United States, kind of these developed Where in the United States is Western Europe? Are you serious right now? No. Okay. So in Western Europe and the United States. So the idea of psychology is a, a mostly Western ideal. Other cultures have adopted different parts of psychology, but still largely if you go to developing countries in other parts of the world, their idea of psychology is much different than ours. So yes. like when I went to Lima to consult with a family, they're like, oh, you're a psychologist. And I'd say, yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, so you have a bachelor's degree. Like, that's cute. You you, a book. It's like Freudian. Like, mm. it's very like Freudian focus. It's very different. Like, they, they just don't understand the our current study of, of psychology. Yeah. So largely issues in other countries that we didn't know how to describe, we would sort of say like, we don't see that in the US, but like, we see that in this culture or that culture. Yeah. We would, as Western people do, we would name the syndrome for the other country and yeah. say... We're doing them a service. Yeah. Here's hey, what you this have. This is what you have. This is what you suffer from. One of the issues with cultural bound, like the, the idea that the syndrome is culture bound, is that it's like this idea that it's unique to this culture and this culture alone. Mm -hmm. So 
that idea i think you talked about a while back where like men in india feel like their semen is escaping debt syndrome yeah they it's it's more prevalently found in india right but there's a lot of cultures that have fears associated with losses yeah well a lot of these culturally bound issues are more the framework or the foundation might be found universally but then their culture is placed on top of it in in a way that is helping them to shape how they're understanding it and so there's like in native americans there's like very spiritual and ghost driven forms right. of psychosis mm-hmm. that isn't seen anywhere else mm-hmm. yeah the psychosis is seen elsewhere but like the packaging yeah, exactly is culturally it's more defined. like what's the etiology and how does this culture make sense of it that might be different. So like there's certain types of social phobias in Japan. They are called, I'm going to probably say this wrong. Koro. Oh, Koro is a man's desire to grasp his penis resulting from fear that it will retract into the body and cause death. Oh, so like he keeps pulling it out? Yeah. Is that, I feel like I see dudes do that all the time on the bus. Do they all have Koro? It's not the same thing. What is it when guys just walk around with their hands down their pants i don't know have you seen that no i see people all the time with just like the front of their hands on their pants like in that gross tv show i need more specific married with children yeah that's the specific i'm gonna give you okay so it's tajin kuyo fusho it's a japanese culture specific syndrome it translates into the disorder or fear of in, of interpersonal relations so it's a type of social anxiety but it's specifically in japan or um, japanese cultures where People are extremely embarrassed about themselves or fearful of displeasing others when it comes to the functions of their body or their appearances. So while it might look like any sort of like agoraphobia or social phobia that we might diagnose here, it has a very specific slant to it that's culturally relevant. Okay. So we may treat that differently based on how it's conceptualized, right? Yeah, which is hard because if you're a culturally competent provider, you also need to treat it from the standpoint of the culture itself and like what the cultural value is. Mm -hmm. Whereas a non-culturally competent person would be like, oh, this is... This is ridiculous. This is unfounded. Where it, you- we should talk about cultural competence in another mini-sode. Cause, yeah. Because um, cultural competence, that word, yeah. signifies that there's something to be competent in. Like it's a it's a one and done. Like, oh, I know about that culture. Well, that's not how I mean it, though. I know. I know. I know. But we're shifting away from using that. I know that's yeah. not how you mean it. I think that semantics are really important. Mm-hmm. And so we should talk more about that. But what I wanted to talk about more specifically with cultural bound syndromes is that so the dsm-4 had like 30 something cultural bound syndromes listed and actually in the dsm-5 there's only eight. Oh, we're getting better yeah we've cured that no many? no 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 we're just incorporating them like the idea now that we're it is such a global world a global world is that an oxymoron no no it's, it's just redundant it's a moron <laughs> it's just a moron <laughs> Now that like a global society or global culture. That's what I mean. So a lot of the things that maybe were unique, quote unquote unique to certain cultures are now just part of our problems. Our just general problems. Yeah, thanks. There's a lot of discussion about like how should we classify these if they're continuous 
stick around because cultural bound syndrome seems like a bad way to describe them. So some people have argued folk diagnostic categories. Yeah. Um, so the, like, um, the question is, though, Paul Bunyan syndrome. OK, the question about like, these categories and if they should remain or not is how can we understand and classify these phenomena in such a way that highlights their uniqueness, but does not dismiss them as too rare, rare and exotic to warrant attention. So CBS, culturally bound syndromes, are a heterogeneous group of conditions. But what I do want to focus on, though, for the rest of our, I don't know, whatever, two minutes, is that... Was that the appetizer? Appetizer. Now we're going to have one tapas, one small plate. <laughs> to share mm-hmm. amongst everyone. Oh, don't you hate that when you're, like, so hungry? That's why I hate tapas. Really? <laughs> yeah. I hate it because I want my own thing. I, hate I know. I hate like, family style. My I parents are really into that. I know. Your parents at least will get, like... A lot of... A f- a, like, too a lot much. Of food, I definitely yeah. been out where someone's like, I'm just going to pick at everyone's. I'm like, fuck you. I want a yeah, meal. Yeah, no, that's for me. What getting, I order is for me. Yeah, we're getting two and you're just coming around with your plate. Like, no. Yeah. Keep walking, buddy. Cool. All right, so um, no, one of a culture-bound syndrome that is um, unique near and dear to your heart to Western culture. <gasps> Do you know what I'm going to say? No. Let's say it at the same time. One, and two, two, three, three four. four. <laughs> we didn't say when we're going to say Did, it. I'll, let's say it immediately after I finish saying three. Okay. One, one two, two, three. three. Anorexia. Anorexia. You did it. We did it. Yeah, we both said it at the same time. So anorexia is unique. It's not unique to Western culture, but it's way more prevalent in Western culture than not than yeah. in than in other areas. Huh. Did you, you knew that? I did. Yeah, don't act surprised. I'm playing the role of the audience. Huh. That's interesting. Keep talking. So a cultural focus on dieting and ideals of thinness for women are assumed to be implicated in anorexia. So we, as a society, created anorexia. No. We created a situation in which anorexia can thrive. Wow. Yeah. Take that and... Do you know what I like about this podcast? We hold up a mirror to society. (laughs) We say, this is you. America. America. America, This this is is you. you. From Bob Saget. When's he going to come on? So talk about uh, cocaine addiction. So we have this cultural ideal, or what we what people believe is this cultural ideal yeah. of um, thinness. You know who's just challenging that? Aside from us, who Lizzo? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do think this is shifting quite a bit with it the is. body positive culture yeah. that we have going for us. Thanks, now. Dove. Uh, there's so many things that have like opened our eyes to this mm-hmm. w- recently. The drama, com, dramedy, shrill. It's an amazing show talking about body positivity and like this woman's struggle to really own that. Anyways, so this article is from a while ago, but the majority, it, it, it states that the majority of non-anorectic women in the U.S. are preoccupied with body weight and dieting. It is not clear what thinness means to anorectics themselves or that norms about dieting are always involved in subjective experiences of anorexia. So basically, anorexia is in, includes self-starvation. And this article talks about like how religion, Western religion actually plays a part of that, which is really interesting. But, um, oh, now I have to sneeze. I'm going to try to hold it together for the last part of this one. Okay, we only have like three more minutes. Okay, good. I'm doing this for you guys, your fans, holding France. it together. My eyes are watering, my nose is itchy this is for you fran drescher this is for you franz franz fernand franzia <laughs> a wine okay 
a box wine. All, all our favorite friends. Fran Dresser, Fran Ferdinand, <laughs> Franzi the Wine. <laughs> all right. So now going back to this idea of culturally bound, cultural bound syndromes and whether or not they're present in more than one. Are you laughing because this is supposed to be one continuous thing? <laughs> no, you're good. Why are you laughing? I don't know. All right. <laughs> Uh, there's you presented like it was a magic trick. It's like so now. So for my last for trick, my last trick of science, you remember. So remember, the- I was saying before that D- the DSM five has only eight c- classifications of cultural bound syndrome. Yeah, and when there's one left, it gets to be included in the DSM, like survivor. Oh, that's cute. So one of the ones that is so we I said that that's because like we're seeing so much prevalence of these types of things in our global world we live in mm-hmm. global world again. <laughs> Yeah. Global it's global society, including this whole idea of whether or not anorexia or any of the eating disorders are specific to Western culture. So recently there have been a lot of pressure put on I don't even know who they're pressuring uh, researchers. I I don't know. It's like what's really happening is protests. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not anorexia is a cultural bound syndrome. And one of these authors actually argues that bulimia is more of a cultural bound syndrome than anorexia because anorexia has a history of being found in other cultures related to refusal of food that resulted in admittance to an asylum, religious fasting in some countries, asceticism or piety often linked to saints where people seek purity. So that's been found around the world. And so I think the qualifier for anorexia is that it's like the people are afraid of being fat. Like that is the the fear associated with the disorder is that they don't want to gain weight and they have a thin ideal. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say that's a commonality across people with anorexia. This author is saying that it's way more difficult to find cross-cultural evidence of bulimia, which is the specific eating disorder related to binging and purging, that it's more rare to find that outside of Western culture than anorexia. It, it depending on what the definition that you use is. Oh, here is when she cites. So there was a early, there was a 1993 study in Hong Kong where participants reported anorexia-like syndromes without a fear of weight gain. And so they were saying, well, they wouldn't meet the criteria for anorexia. So therefore, it's still a Western-bound syndrome. Cool. Basically, the idea is that we don't know if we still have culture-bound syndromes. We need to kind of take a look at their utility in our current day and age being someone who if you work with people from different cultures it's really important to understand how they conceptualize the problem and it might contribute to their behaviors and there are generally like commonalities sometimes between like cultures and disorders is that okay cool did i do it yeah you did it are you hanging in there i I am are you like that cat in the hanging in there poster yep cool well uh, that's all i have to say all right love you love you too bye